Hello and welcome to Founder Views. My name is Costa. I'm the co-founder at web for realty a SaaS company that bootstrapped our business out of my parents' basement with no money and no experience into a fully remote company that has generated millions in revenue. In this podcast, I'll take you through my journey talking about business situations I'm currently going through, thinking about, or just find interesting. My hope is to share my experiences and help other entrepreneurs and business owners along the way. This is a very special episode of Founder Views. This is episode number 27, but that's not why it's special. It's actually the very first episode where I'm bringing on a guest and it's not just myself talking away. So in this episode, I'm speaking with Foti Banayo. He's the founder at growthmentor.io, a platform where you can get advice and mentorship from vetted experts. I'm very pleased to say that I'm actually a mentor on the platform as well, which is pretty awesome. So this was a very fun and insightful chat, a lot of great takeaways in this episode. So without further ado, here's my chat with Foti. All right, Foti, thank you so much uh, for being on the Founder Views podcast. Appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Looking forward to it. Okay, so if you want to kick things off, just tell our audience a little bit about your background, where you're from, past projects, uh, anything uh, for us to get to know you a little bit more. Sure, sure. So I was born in uh, Florida in the States. Uh, two hugely patriotic Greek parents. And uh, yeah, 15 years later, my dad had the idea to emigrate the whole family back to Greece. And uh, yeah, so since 15 to now, I'm 33 in a few days, I've been living in, in, in Greece. Uh, I went to um, an American private school for, for high school, international. So that was great. It wasn't too much of a crazy transition. And then I went to London for university, studied finance over there. I graduated 2007. So for any of the uh, guys that were trying to find jobs back then, just getting out of uni wasn't really that easy to get a job in finance in 2007, 2008 uh, because of the crash. So at that, at that point, I decided that, okay, this isn't really going to work out. I'm not really in the mood to... Uh, you know, chase this corporate uh, style work anyway. So, yeah, my, my brother at that time had started a startup, a hosting company, back in 2004, and it was it was growing pretty quickly. And he's like, just come work with me, man. You know, like, just just join. I had no idea about anything technical or anything marketing, really. I mean, I was entrepreneurial in in, in like mindset, but uh, I guess that was enough back then to get started. Um, it was the beginning of the SEO days, so you know, everyone was going wild with uh, link building, you know, web WordPress comments. So it was, it was pretty fun to start learning because any anything that you did kind of like caught on and actually had a pretty big impact. So I, I took over the marketing for EuroVPS and uh, had to learn everything from scratch pretty much. I was like a one-man team doing marketing. Uh, everybody else was an engineer. So yeah, that's that's pretty much been what I've I've been doing for the last twelve years. I've just been head of head of growth at EuroVPS. So that that uh, that journey's been quite interesting. A lot of a lot of developments uh, personally and uh, also in in the company growth. And uh, that that job actually was the inspiration for what I what I'm currently working on, uh, growth mentor. So. Through that process of like having to learn things by myself and 
all of that, make too many decisions by myself. Um, I ended up getting really lonely in a sense. Uh, and I, I, I had this, I, I figured out that there's this productivity hack that I could do whenever, whenever I didn't really know exactly like what to do, what decision to make, I would, uh, make a job posting on, on Upwork, uh, for help, not really for help, but just to, just to talk to somebody. So for example, my first foray into Facebook ads, I mean, I, AdWords, I, I got started on quite early. Um, and that it's pretty self-explanatory if you, if you go through the motions and, and read, uh, and practice, uh, have enough money that you can kind of like waste. That's pretty much what always happens with that in the beginning. But with Facebook ads, it was a completely different demon. So that's when I went on Upwork and I'm like, all right, 30 minute, 30 minute, when I post this job, 30 minute call with an expert in Facebook. Right. And I, I looked through the jobs, through the applications and are really experienced guys. I was like, holy shit, all these, all these people here, I could just talk to them, just pick their brains for half an hour. And uh, yeah, I chose I chose one guy based in San Francisco. The time zones were a bit screwed up, but I didn't care. And I showed him pretty much what I was planning on doing. And he's like, you know, this is actually really good. And I was like, holy shit, are you are you for real? like? I had never really done it before. And yeah, that that sort of like positive reinforcement gave me that that impetus, that motivate, like that just kicked me into gear to just do it and like stop reading blog posts. Um, got it. So that was was sort of your aha moment. Yeah, exactly. That was my aha moment. Like this, this act, I, I like this, you know, and then, and then like, as time passed, I would make more of these postings. Like I was creating a customer success initiative at the company because we had some issue with churn and I wanted to figure out, uh, like I wanted to improve the email marketing, uh, drip workflows. Um, and I talked to a customer success specialist and I got shitloads of good ideas from that guy, you know, and it was just, I kept doing this over and over again. And, uh, I, I was just it, like in shock at how, how, how productive it was for me because I, it cut like my research time, my reading and, and, and kind of like reading blog posts and doing courses by like 85%. And I had, I was spending a lot of time on that because I don't really have a big team around me and I have to get things done. So if I can just focus most of my time on doing. And then if I have a specific bottleneck, I can like find someone and talk to them. Like that's what I'm going to do. Love it. Yeah, that's awesome. So track back a little bit. I like what you said there. You, you, you sort of started your, your entrepreneurial uh, journey, uh, but it started through your mindset. And and I think that's, that's so important. Do you mind uh, elaborating on that a little bit and, and how mindset plays an important role in your journey? Yeah, yeah. Mindset is key. Like, if you don't have the right mindset, then like you, I feel like you can you can fix your mindset if if you if you really want to. If you, but for me, like, there was one pivotal moment that sort of like forged my mindset, and that I was in third grade, and I was in Miss Mercer's class, and we were we were talking about arts, right? And it was we we're going over the Renaissance period, and it was about the Italian sculptures, specifically Michelangelo. And we were talking about the statue of David and one of the quotes that Michelangelo apparently said, which was like one of his most famous ones is every block of stone has a statue inside it. Right. And it's like the task of the sculptor to discover it. And for me, what that what that meant was like, there's always a way you just have to find it. Like it might not be self-evident straight away. Like you might have to fail a couple of times, but there's all like I maybe 
you're not the one that should be doing the development or the or the marketing. Maybe you have to hire somebody else. Maybe you need to like completely pivot. But there's if you know if you have like a goal, right? And you can visualize it. There's a way to do it. It's just you have to believe that. And I think that that was like a a pivotal moment in my my sort of yeah, life for sure. And it's funny. Yeah. One of my previous podcasts uh, is about. It's called just fucking do it. And, uh, I think where, where a lot of people fall short is, you know, you hear a lot of people just talking about things, have this great idea. I want to do this. Uh, but it's always talking, there's never execution. And I really think the only thing stopping people are their own limitations and excuses. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you really just gotta just stop thinking about what you're doing and just fucking do it as my past uh, podcast is all about. So you briefly touched upon uh, your new project, GrowthMentor.io. Uh, w- what is it exactly? Tell us a bit more about GrowthMentor.io and what it's all about. Yeah, so GrowthMentor.io is a two-sided marketplace where you can sign up for free and filter and browse through vetted startup and growth marketing mentors and just book calls with them. So these calls can be 15 minutes, 30 minutes, or 60 minutes. And you book it, put your credit card in, tell them what you want to talk about, and choose a time on their calendar. And you exchange the Skype or Zoom or Google Hangouts. It's platform agnostic, so we don't like force you to use our like you know buggy WebRTC or the telephone or something. It's just tools that you're used to. And then you just talk and that's it. Like if you want to talk about something tactical, like do a screen share and maybe get a UX, have them like look at your, uh, your site and do like a real time conversion rate optimization walkthrough. You can do it, right? You want to just talk about how pissed off you are that you just burned through like $10,000 in ad spends. And like you didn't really break even, like you can do it. You just talk. I feel like there's something really cathartic about just opening your goddamn mouth and just talking out loud. Like verbalizing those thoughts in your head is so powerful for me. Like that, that's it. I was, I did a little bit of research on this and why it's so powerful. Apparently it activates the frontal left lobe of the brain. I'm probably slaughtering exactly, maybe it's the right or the left, but it does something to your brain, which like helps with rational problem solving by just saying things out loud. So I think that's, it's the benefit of talking to somebody is not just like, yeah, okay, I have a specific answer, but you, you're forced to kind of verbalize your thought process and you can kind of spot when you say it out loud, uh, logical holes in what you're saying and makes you kind of realize that's interesting um i didn't know the the science behind it but that's actually one of the reasons why i started a podcast is like i've been a writer i I always write down my thoughts ever since i could remember Mm -hmm. it sort of helps me clarify what i'm thinking about and just understand things better and sort of evolve into a podcast uh which helps me for the same reason so that's pretty interesting um so uh, it sounds pretty growth mentor.io sounds pretty simple and straightforward. Uh, you mentioned you, so there's mentors, where are these mentors from and, and how many are currently on the platform? 
So right now we have 55 mentors on the platform and they're from all over the world. I have Italians, Portuguese, a lot of Americans. Uh, it's just I, a lot, right? Like from different, it's very diverse. And I, I like that about it, that you can, oh yeah, one, one tangent about the diversity because you asked where they're from is that you can filter by language in so if, if not everyone is an American, a Canadian or a Brit, right? Like there's entrepreneurs and startups in Italy and Portugal and, and they have the same needs as, as, as English speakers as well. They want to verbalize and they want to get some help. So I wanted to make this platform really easily accessible to, to be used by people that are non-native English speakers and, and kind of filter and find people that are – because I, I currently live in Greece right now and there's not really this huge – startup community over here and there's not a lot of growth marketers so i i know that greeks would love to to do this but they don't really speak english a lot of them do very well but i mean it's always nice to talk in your in your native language but in terms of beyond the where they're from and all that like who these people are like the criteria are kind of malleable at them like that's not a hundred percent like cemented but the general gist of it is that five years minimum uh experience in growth marketing or, or, or building uh, startups and uh yeah you have to have a growth mindset so they they go through a two two-phase vetting process where they fill an application form and then the second phase is a interview call with me and that's where I do like a psychographic <laughs> based little evaluation of if they're people, people or, or not. And uh, yeah, then I, I basically decide judge, jury, executioner. Yeah. It's not very scientific, <laughs> I know, but uh, there's no other way right now. I'm not yeah. going to overcomplicate it for no reason. Perfect. Yeah, you sort of answered my next question, which was, uh, you know, what you look for in mentors and sort of what qualifies someone to be a mentor. And uh, full disclosure to listeners, uh, I am uh, happily a mentor on growthmentor.io, which is pretty cool. But yeah, so everyone is properly vetted. These are all professionals with certain skill sets and attributes that would obviously be valuable to someone seeking out particular advice, of course. Uh, so mentors are pretty diverse in experiences. What about geographically? Are most mentors spread out around the globe for the most part? Yeah, it's spread. It's spread. I mean, I mean, I think if I had to like make a pie chart of geographies, probably the United States would would be winning right now. But uh, yeah, that's. Uh, it's, I'm not like cherry picking one nationality over another. There's there's talents all over the world. Absolutely. So. Yeah. The the world is shrinking year by year. Yeah. Um. So how long has Growth Mentor been been live now? So it's been live since September 4th. That's the official sort of like launch date. Okay, nice. Any, are you able to share maybe one or two success stories of mentees who, who saw value in the service? Yeah, so our, our first, our first uh, booking actually happened from a, a PhD student who was doing a, 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 her final thesis and it entails creating a business plan for her for her business. So she she booked a session uh, with a mentor to help her through that process. So just goes to show like the diversity of use cases of just talking to people. And she she booked a course with um, well, I think it was Matt Manish, 
who has like a lot of experience in, in VC and raising financing for other startups, kind of like an old timer. Uh, but yeah, that, that, that really helped her out. And she, at the end of the call, she, she, she left a review and, and she said that now actually she's probably thinking about maybe she can, after she graduates, she can take that business plan that she made for her academic, for, for academic reasons and actually turn that into reality. So that was really nice to hear. Uh, another, another case was a SaaS, um, founder who is looking for financing and yeah, I mean, uh, just picking the brains of, uh, of people who've been there and done that before, right. Who's got, who's secured financing. And I think it's for financing. It's a really, it's a really tricky field, right? Like I know you're bootstrapped and everything, but for so many other startups, they, they, I can't, I hate to say like they re, they, re, they need it because as I said earlier, like there's always a way, right? You can always do it. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, boot, a, it's bootstrapping a is, is tough. Yeah. Bootstrapping is not easy. And I think, uh, most people probably fall into that, you know, I need the money category because, you know, bootstrapping requires a whole another, you know, character traits in people just being mm-hmm. super conservative and lean. And, you know, as entrepreneurs, it, it might be tough to have that thought sometimes because you always want to push further and spend to grow type of mentality so it's yeah. very different so yeah definitely a lot of value in the service clearly i mean in just picking the brains of, of professionals and, and i'm i'm using it i'm using it personally like i had i had two i had two two calls yesterday uh and i had one one last week so one one success story for me is and this is this is one that if anyone's in, in BI, like data visualization might be able to, re- to relate to. Like I, I want, I was thinking about creating a, uh, a dashboard for growth mentor when I, when I launched it using Google data studio. And I had a call with Josh Cottrell, who's an expert, uh, data stu- Google data studio, uh, practitioner. And, and he, he started and he exit, he, he made a startup and he exited, he sold it. Now he's traveling around in, in Thailand, just consulting and he's on the platform at the moment. And I told him what, what KPIs I want to track and how I want to do it. Basically I wanted to, to, to track the funnel life cycle of mentor applications. So how many people apply, how many reach, how many pre- fill in their applications, how many then pass the interview and how many like actually fill in their profile and are live. And I wanted to visualize that. So, so I talked to him about doing it via Google data studio because I was reading quite a bit about Google data studio. And I kind of like decided that that was the tech that I wanted to use. I didn't want to use data box or any other like gecko board or the other charged ones. Uh, and it's like, dude, just use Google analytics and just use event tracking and you'll get, you'll do it in like one tenth of time. I was like, yeah, he's like, yeah, just, just like this. And we did a screen share and he showed me how to, how do you do event tracking properly and kind of tie that to a, to a, to a funnel. And that saved me like a week of, of, of time screwing around with data studio, because you have to, if you want to do event, sorry, like funnel tracking with Google data studio, you probably, you, you have to aggregate the, uh, data inside of Google sheets first. And that generally is pretty complicated. So with, 
the events. It's just so much simpler. And I probably wouldn't have thought of that without him. And it's just like that, you know, those, those calls, like so many Eureka moments come from them from just sharing ideas with other people. Yeah. That's amazing. It just shows you mentors can always be mentored as well. Right. And you, you never stop learning. Um, question I had. So growth mentor, uh, to me when, when I first heard about it, um, it, it, it sort of sounded like clarity.fm, which is a, you know, popular website as well. How does growthmentor.io compare or d- differentiate to Clarity? Yeah, so that that's a that's a pretty common question I get. So the first the the first point is that you can do screen share. And on Clarity it's just phone. So you have to call to a phone bridge and you're billed per minute and they'll just charge your credit card at the end of the call for however many minutes you were on it. So on Growth Mentor, you can choose to use Skype, Zoom, or Google Hangouts, whatever you want. And yeah, beyond that, uh, you can sort and filter mentors by what software they have proficiency with. And that, like, I put that in because for me, like, that would be, that's what I was always doing on Upwork. Like, I, I want someone that has skills with Facebook or Gecko board or whatever, because ultimately, like, if you're a hands-on practitioner, the rubber meets the asphalt on a tool, on a tool level. So it's one thing to talk about theory all day long and, and just talk about high-level strategy, but if if you're a bootstrapped founder, you probably are constantly in, in one of like 25 different tools that you're using. So the ability to filter and say, for example, show me anyone who has experience in intercom or like drip or MailChimp, because I'm using those tools and I want to talk to someone who has experience exactly with those tools. That's a cool feature, which clarity doesn't, doesn't really have. I think that yeah, um, makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. Thanks for uh, thanks for sharing that. Uh, what, what's your long term vision for GrowthMentor.io? Where do you see it in the next five, ten years? Yeah, good question. Um, basically, I, I I really would like to see it turn into a community. So one of one of the things that I'm planning on doing within the next few months is adding a uh, a Q and A community, kind of like uh, the indie hackers has. I really like that that the vibe on that community. Everyone helping each other out, asking questions, getting answers, um, and yeah, I mean, I'm taking it taking it month by month by month right now, trying to trying to build up awareness. But uh, my ultimate vision behind this is. I want people to kind of realize that there is an other way to learn besides just passively consuming um, content like via courses or blogging. And that's by bringing it back to the basics of what it means to be a human and that one-to-one interaction. Like remember there's like just at the fireside chat, just talking me and you like right now we're on this podcast, we're talking, we're, like that, that to me is so powerful. And I, I think that the more digital we become, the more we have to force ourselves to embrace our humanity because all of this scrolling on our screens nonstop and clicking and tapping and all, like it's, it's cool and everything, but it's taking over people's lives. And just that, that human touch is really needed. 
And that's that's what I what I hope to, to to bring to people via this platform. That just that ability to connect on a human level and just talk. Yeah, that's uh, very well said. I couldn't agree more, to be honest. Uh, I love what you guys are doing. Just little things uh, like the Facebook group, for example. Um, great start in terms of building out that community, which is great. And yeah, Indie Hackers does uh, an incredible job. One of my favorite sites for for seeking out uh, resources from other similar people in similar situations. So a double-sided marketplace, which uh, growthmentor.io is playing in this this field. Uh, I always thought that was a very tricky marketplace to sort of penetrate because obviously it's double-sided. So you got to market in two ways. What are some of the biggest challenges you're seeing in from a marketing perspective to not only attract mentors, but mentees? Yeah, it's it's not it's not easy. Uh, the biggest the biggest challenge is just things things take so much longer than 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 you think they will. You know, especially if, if you want to do them right and protect your brand's image. Um, and prioritization is my biggest challenge right now because there's there's so many different things that that I can I can work on that I want to work on, but I just don't have the resources to do everything at the same time, like perfectly, like to the level that I, that I'd like. And it, yeah, in terms of like the two sided nature of it, for, for me, the priority in the beginning was getting at least 50 mentors on that were awesome. Right. Like, because if you don't, the, the platform is great to have a good user experience and to have, the functionality working, the logistics and everything, but ultimately that's the facade. The real product is the people. So it, I wanted to get that out of the way sort of, and just get a kind of like an MVP of mentors in, which currently I have. Uh, we just hit 50 mentors, I think a week ago, we're at 55. And I, I'm not recruiting anymore. And there's actually kind of a waiting list right now. So, this week is like the first week that I've finally had the sort of sense of re- relief. Like, okay, okay, now I can I can actually focus full all my most of my efforts on on raising demands and, and kind of getting the the, the, the awareness up. So I, it, that the biggest challenge for me was, as I said earlier, like this prioritization, like to have that discipline to say, look, this first month you're going to focus only on the mentors and building good personal relations with everyone that you onboard and not worrying at all about the demand side. And that, that'll come. And like, even if mentors are like, Oh, you know, when am I going to get a call on this and that, or just to ignore it because it's not for now. I think that's such a big challenge for entrepreneurs and founders like to, to just stay focused on, on what, their short-term goal is right now or what what their objective is and to actually have that discipline to to hold on to it that and that that for me was really tough and i deviated from that many times like weekends when i was like all right on the weekends i want to do the demand side but then i ended up burning myself out for three weeks and i had to chill a bit but yeah yeah, that's another story prioritization is is always tricky i mean even you know in my company now almost eight years in i mean it's always something that you work on, especially when you're you don't have the resources and you know to to really do everything you want to do. So you always have to prioritize what's important and say no a lot of the time. So 
Yeah, that that's an ongoing um, tricky situation. Uh, what are some of the the market? So you you said you stopped recruiting mentors, so now you're, you're focusing on the other side. What are some of the? Are you able to share any marketing channels or how precisely you are trying to build awareness? Yeah, yeah, sure. So we're we're focusing on the low lying fruit in the beginning. So the free channels like Hacker News, Reddit. I haven't started there yet, but I'm gonna try and 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 dabble in that. That's kind of like difficulty level extra high though from from what I'm reading. But uh, yeah, Facebook groups. Uh, have been really successful for us. I got some really good feedback from a lot of the SaaS uh, kind of startupy groups there when I when I just posted about the concept. Uh, and I'd say probably eighty percent of my personal efforts going to be on on content creation via leveraging the relationships that I've built with a mentor. So one of the things that I that I really want to do this next month moving forwards is having podcasts and uh, I don't know if you want, I can call it a webinar, but I guess I'll just stick with the pod, podcast with the mentors. So just interviewing them and, and kind of bringing their, their stories to the surface, like what growth challenges they've faced, what their successes are, their failures, the lessons and all that, and really try and humanize the platform because that's what it's all about. And then once I have that, kind of what my high-level strategy is, I can then repurpose those podcasts and webinars into blog posts. I can cut them down into like short YouTube videos. I can put them on LinkedIn. Like, so that's, that's generally what I'm, what I'm kind of planning on doing. I'm not really going to screw around with, with PPC in the, at the, at the beginning stage. That's a great idea. I love that. I noticed some, some Instagram ads, any insight on how that's, that's working? Instagram ads. Yeah. Are you running paid ads? Yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing like five bucks a day on retargeting. Uh, so yeah, if you, if you haven't hit the thank you page, then probably you're gonna, you're gonna see a couple of, uh, of ads here and there, but, uh, I really need to go back to Facebook ad manager and kind of update the, the creatives on that. I have a bad habit of starting, starting campaigns and just like forgetting it there. Well, just, hey, there there's so many, there's Facebook so many running. moving parts in, in a yeah. running a startup. I mean, you can only be, there's only 24 hours in a day. You can only be in one place at one time. So it's. Hey, don't, don't uh, knock yourself over that. Uh, I'm curious to, to hear actually um, your insight. So we met on LinkedIn, which is pretty cool. Like LinkedIn itself, I'm finding like a very, you know, almost a community subculture of communities within LinkedIn almost. Um, you know, we're both pretty active on LinkedIn. How are you finding LinkedIn as sort of a marketing source and, and connecting with people? LinkedIn is a new platform for me. So I, before April, 2018, I had 50 connections on LinkedIn and it's October 26, I think. And I have 2,300, I think around there. And, and that, that came from, I'm not going to lie. I did a lot of phantom buster automation, but there's ways to, to leverage automation without looking like a, like a, I don't want to curse over here, but like a dick. I'm sorry, like because there's ways you can you can completely screw up your personal brands, right? By just 
blatantly like spamming people. So you have to be kind of tactical about it if you're going to use that. But the the best relationship, the best relationships that I that I that I've made on LinkedIn have come from just finding people online like you and saying just reaching out and be like, hey, I really liked your article or uh, whatever, and I just want to connect. And and then just you have to follow up though, and like it. it spark conversations and and those conversations you never know where they're really gonna lead right and that's always the exciting part like you start talking to somebody and then like it can veer left to right it's just it's it's a really good tool right now it's uh so if you're not if you're not on linkedin and and you're not really trying to build relationships on it definitely jump on it i agree i mean the following up part i mean i think it's so key uh, any relationship, whether it's a friend, a wife, girlfriend, parents, like it requires effort. Like any relationship requires effort and, and same goes with, with the online relationships. I mean, you know, just like in our case, like you reached out, we sort of connected, I guess some, we both saw something in each other that we sort of wanted to pursue the relationship further. And Hey, it's, it's been fantastic. I'm glad, uh, you know, we made that connection. So yeah, very important as well. Um, any any parting words of advice for any other startups or entrepreneurs out there who are sort of getting their feet wet in, in the entrepreneurial business world that that you can share? Uh, yeah, I think my biggest my biggest tip would be to have goals, like really defined goals, and. Like if you don't have a goal, then what are you what are you really working towards? Like how it's impossible to going back to that analogy with like the statue, right? Like how are you going to sculpt something if you don't have this mental image of what the sculpture is going to look like? So like work, I, if I look at my wall, I have a printout, and it's like that's my goal. It's right there, and it, you have to really own that. And make plans to reach that goal, but you know if your if your plans aren't working, don't change the goal. Like change the plan. That always has to be your fixed, like your north star. And uh, yeah, that's that's so true. I mean, uh, it's such simple advice, but it's so important. I mean, at the end of the day, if you don't have a goal, then like, why are you waking up in the morning, or like, why are you doing what you're doing every single day? You have like, to have a why. Exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, Foti, thank you so much. Uh, we'll leave it at that. By the way, this is a very um, special inter or episode on Founder Views. You know why? Why is that? This is actually the first episode where I actually have a guest on the on the podcast. The other twenty six episodes were just myself talking. No way! <laughs> yeah, I am honored. Awesome, man. and I have to say, this is my first podcast as well, so it's uh, it's quite quite a good one. Man. Yeah, no, you did Both great. Both for two, two reasons. <laughs> Amazing, Fonti. <laughs> thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it, and uh, yeah, we should definitely do it again sometime. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk soon. Yeah, man. Take care. Right. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me on here. Take care. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, I would love to hear it. Uh, Don't forget to check out webforrealty.com and founderviews.com for more information. Talk to you later. Peace.